Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Hello and welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I'm so glad you're able to tune in this week to continue growing in grace. After all, none of us have arrived. I wanted to take a moment to thank those who've reached out to me and communicated that they're listening either online on the podcast or on YouTube. A number of you are watching it on YouTube. I'm thrilled for that and we're putting it on Facebook as well. But those locally in the area listening to this on Faith FM, I'm so glad you're listening. There are a number of drivers that have driving jobs during the day and they're tuning in all the time. And uh, I was just recently told, hey, I listened to you. And that was really, really encouraging to hear that. So let me know if you are. If you've tuned in and you've heard this or you're listening either on the podcast or on YouTube or Facebook, could you please send a quick note to us, email us, uh, message us on Facebook, something, and just tell us where you're listening from. I would just love to hear where people are listening to this from. Uh, it's been an exciting journey. This whole series, has been a time of growing in grace. I've been taking time to lay some foundations. First of all, who are we in Christ? What is our identity? Who are we? How does God see us? And lately, we've been dispelling some myths we've had about who we think God is, who Jesus is. And then recent, recently, in the last couple of episodes, we've been dealing with who God actually is. Now that we've wiped out the myths, let's take a look at what some of the truths are. That's where I want to focus my time. However, there are stumbling blocks that we have been taught in the past, things that make us uh, not able to comprehend the greatness of God's love towards us. I want to begin today with a verse from Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. And this is a really, really great way to start our program today. Uh, hopefully today's topic will probably take us two weeks to get through because the content is so rich. Don't you want to grow in grace? I sure do. None of us have arrived. None of us have the whole knowledge of God, and absolutely none of us understand God's love perfectly. Let's take a look to see what Paul says. He says this in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide how long, how high, how deep his love really is. And I love this next part. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you'll never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. How many people are trying to get uh, love from God. There are many people trying to find love from just somebody else because they don't know they're loved fully and completely by God. They try to get it from other sources in life. But here, we're told we can have the power of God. And, God, and, and, and Paul's writing, may you have the power to understand. 
There is a power in understanding, and my goal in this program is to help all of us unlearn the the clogged filter misconceptions we have of God, and instead replace it with truth that that allows us to experience the profound intimacy of the love of God, which is so wide, so deep, so high. It reminds me of a kid's song we used to sing in Sunday school, how deep and wide, deep and wide, more the fountains flowing deep and wide. Anyway, that if you remember that song, that that's from way back when. But take a look at this text for a moment. It says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it's so great you'll never fully understand it. Are you comfortable with your level of understanding God's love? Have you got enough understanding now? You're good. You're good until until the grave. You're good. You know enough now. You know what? You can't really teach an old dog new tricks, they say. Are you kidding? We have so much to learn. And today's program is extra special. I've titled this program today, God is Just Like Jesus. And the reason today's program could be really profound for some of you, I am certain many people hearing and watching this, uh, they're going to hear for the very first time something they never thought possible. It did not uh, enter their concept of thinking. They've never been taught this. If they were taught this, they may have forgotten or they were not in a place to be able to receive this profound truth we're going to see today. I, I trust the scriptures. I trust that the scriptures are what God has given us to reveal Jesus and to reveal his Father. So, growing up, I believe that God the Father was kind of like the old parent, you know, and the son, Jesus, was kind of the happy, you know, he had the ADHD, you know, he goes around and does great things for people, you know, he go, 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 great, great guy. You want to get to know Jesus. Jesus is the one, like Jesus is the one you call out to. But the father, he was kind of like the grumpy old man sitting in a rocking chair off in the far end of the universe who's really ticked off with his creation. And that's the one I grew up kind of believing. Yes, God is love because it's his job description. It's it's something he has to do. You know, otherwise the Bible's not true. But wait a minute. What if we have heard it wrong? What if this concept of Jesus is saving us from the angry God— Yeah, you heard that right. There are people teaching that Jesus saves us from the Father by dying for our sin so God can punish the daylights out of Jesus and go, finally, there, I feel better now. You beat up my own son so that I don't have to beat up the human race. That is a ridiculous concept. That computes with no parent ever. So, If that is what we have been hearing in the church world, and I'm not talking about authentic Christianity, that comes from the system of religion that tries to control people. You betcha. Religion is about controlling people. Christ came to free us from those controls, so we rely totally on him. So I want to to take you right to the place in Scripture that will blow your mind. This is the place that will change your mind. I believe it did me because once I've seen this, I can't unsee it. Once I saw this next verse and when it was put into the context of the verses, I just for one, the ones I just read you in Ephesians that explained the love of God being bigger than we ever thought. 
What if God is better than what we've been told? What if Jesus is just like God? There's an author named Brad Jerzak who wrote a book called A More Christ-Like God. Look it up. It's a fantastic book. It's probably a teaser. Like this, this verse is just one little tiny part of all the good news in that particular book. So Brad Jerzak, uh, A More Christ-Like God. Get it. You, you'll want to read it. So let's dig into this. this I'm going to begin with the proof that Jesus is just like God, the Father. In John 14, you'll want to write this down or come back and re-listen to this again later on YouTube. Um, The writer here is saying um, that the recorded words of Jesus. Now, sorry, I'm jumping around here because this is really important. Who would you trust to know the Father? Would you trust the kid of the father to know what the father's like? Would you trust the neighbor? Would you trust the boss, the employee of, to know what a dad is like? Well, you, you would trust the kid. Like when I grew up, I, I knew my, in my home, I had a uh, kind of strict parents and my mom almost played two faces. She was really nice to everybody out in public. But then when we, when she got home, we got in a lot of trouble all the time. So when people at church would say, oh, you have such a nice mom, I would roll my eyes and go, you don't know her. Um, and then when they did that to my dad, uh, they say, you got such a great dad. I say, yeah, I know. Why would I say those two conflicting comments? Because I know what they were like at home. I knew the consistency at home after seeing things day in, day out, the patterns over a long period of time. I know the character of both of them. And so, unfortunately, my mom, who now has passed on, she sees love like I wish I could see now. She now sees the fullness of grace. And if she could peek through the clouds and say something back, I'll bet you she would say, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I really think that. That's pretty cool. So let's let's go to see what the son has to say about his father. Jesus, what does he say about his father? Listen to this, John 14. And this story starts with Philip asking Jesus, hey, Jesus, can you show us the Father? That'd be really, really cool. You know, have we built up enough of trust with you that you can let us in on that kind of information? And Jesus replies like this, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. (laughs) I'm going to repeat that because this is big. This is huge in our concept of who we think God is. He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Verse 10, don't you believe that I am in the Father? There's a big one. And the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does His work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because the work you've seen me do. I can almost hear the, come on, guys, here's my words. And if you're not going to trust my words, look at the incredible miracles my Father did through me. This is the first time in history, the first time we have the ultimate declaration from the Son of God saying, the Father and I are the same. If you've seen him, 
you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen him. We are one. And then twice in these couple of verses, he says, I am in the Father, the Father's in me. And then he repeats it. I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. D- d- does, does this lend to some credibility? Would you trust God's Son and his opinion of his Father when he declares it? I would, and I've just heard it. Here's the problem. This may mean we have to go back and revisit all kinds of teaching that we've heard. We may now have to take this Jesus and his father with us back into the Old Testament, back through the stories of the ancient writers and revisit some of those stories and try to find a Christ-like God in the story. We may not have been told the whole story. The writers that wrote in the Old Testament, I really believe they wrote truly what they wrote. But I think they all, and in fact, I know they all had an incomplete picture of the Father. Every single one of those writers, they had great glimpses. Even David, he jumped around all over the place. He he was uh, uh, thinking God's against him. Then he, by the end of the psalm, he's saying, no, God's with me. I got it, got it. But I had to vent. Listen, this revelation of Jesus being just like his father is something we have got to visit. And that's what we're doing today and next week. So again, Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, and yet you don't know who I am? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. I'm going to take Jesus' opinion today. I'm going to trust his words to what he has to say about who his Father is, because I think he knows best. He's been around him longer than all of us. And whether our feelings don't think it's true, I'm going to trust these scriptures. And when we come back to the second half of our program today, we're going to dig in a couple more scriptures that will show the consistency of this profound truth. We'll see you back in just a few minutes. Family run, family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener, and you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust the team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. All right, we just finished reading that Jesus said, he just declared, the Father and I are the same. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In John 10, 30, he continues and says, the Father and I are one. So back in the verse we just read, we heard that twice. Now we're hearing it in John 10, 30. And again, you may need to go back and revisit these teachings and write down all these references and look it up yourself. Don't trust my words for it. Look it up. Because when you do, it actually comes alive in a very, very different way. In John 17, 20, it says this, I pray that they will all be one. He's praying to his father. I pray they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, 
and may they be in us so the whole so sorry so that the world will believe you sent me i've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one i am in them oh my goodness did you just hear that and you are in me may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. This is, this is like pure gold, grace gold, when it comes to confirming the fathers just like Jesus. First of all, in the previous verse, we read that Jesus declared, hey, we're, the Father and I are one, but here he's praying in the presence of, of others. They're hearing him pray. And he's saying, just as you and I are one, he's praying that we will be one, that we'll wake up to this reality, that we will believe that Jesus was sent by his Father. And then he tells them, I've given them the glory you've given me, so they may be one as we are one. He, he wants us to wake up to the reality of our oneness in Christ. He says here in verse 23 of John 17, I am in them and you are in me. And a love, love, love this next part of it. May they experience. Why is that word experience there? Because it's not just about knowledge. This is not just about getting it into your head or creating a systematic theology chapter of, okay, this is what the love of God is. Got it. Now you just move on to the next topics along the way. We're human. We're designed to experience experience life. We're designed to experience love. We're designed to experience all kinds of ranges of emotions. Experience helps validate truth. If if we just live from experience, that can be difficult. But Jesus is saying, hey, I'm, I'm declaring this truth. How about they experience it now? So he says, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Huh. So his first part of the prayer was that, to his, that his disciples will know that he was sent by his father. But he's praying that we believers would experience this so that the world who doesn't know God, that they may believe that Jesus was sent by his father. And here's the last part of it in verse 23, that you Love them as much as you love me. Jesus loves everybody, period. Everyone. How many times have we heard soapbox preachers on the corner yelling at people saying, God's mad at you, turn or burn. Uh, No, God is not mad. Don't listen to that garbage. Good intentions, Bad, bad, bad theology. Completely wrong. We just declared right here. Show them, show the street preacher this verse, that you love them as much as you love me. Does the Father love the Son? Yes. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes. Oh, shoot. We're running out of time soon. So let's look at a confirmation from Colossians 1. We did touch on this in a previous show, but right here we have another example of Christ being the image of the Father. In Colossians 1 verse 15, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Yeah, there it is. He existed before anything was created and is supreme 
over all creation. Wow, that's in verse 15. He's the visible image. So when Jesus said, if you've seen seen me, you've seen the Father, here we have a declaration from Paul. He had a revelation that the visible Jesus that was walking on the earth was the invisible God in person form. (laughs) Wow. Verse 19 of Colossians 1, it says this, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Oh, oh yeah. He was with him the whole time, even to the cross. Jesus was not abandoned by his father at the cross. Yeah, but he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We'll cover that another time. That was not Jesus declaring he was abandoned. He's doing a couple things there. He's either declaring uh, the scripture of Psalm 22. Here it is, guys. This is the prophecy taking place. Or in his humanity, he's feeling the despair and the and the perceived aloneness, and yet he's crying out saying, no, it's not true. Because if you read Psalm 22, which is what he's quoting, um, it says later on in the ver- in the, in the uh, Psalm, I cannot leave you. I will not leave you. It's a powerful image. So it says here, for God in all his fullness, fullness in Colossians 1, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Oh, wow. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Let me read it one more time because you've got to hear this text because either he did it or he didn't. Either Paul's uh, lying or it's true. And if it's true, what does that mean for you and your concept of thinking of who God is, your concept of thinking of who you are, your concept of thinking of who other people are, whether the believers or not, are they in or out? This changes everything. Listen again. Here it is. Uh, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him, through Christ, God recognized reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Oh, wow. I love hearing good news. I'm so tired of bad news. I'm so tired of, oh, I hope I can make it. I hope I was good enough. I do a lot of funeral work. And often I hear in some of the eulogies, I hear people say, I wish I could be half the person uh, was that just died because I hope I can make it to, to see them in heaven. I hope I'm good enough to experience heaven. That is a common theme these days, which implies some false concept of who God is and what's going to happen in the afterlife. So here we go. Let's keep going. Um, God. Who is he? He is love. He's just like Jesus. Um, what does it look like in the Trinity then? In the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, uh, Holy Spirit. It all depends on the term you use. The early church fathers, they append a term to help us understand this idea of Trinity. Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the oneness, the unity, the in one another flowing uh, image. Uh, they use the word perichoresis. 
perichoresis. Uh, it comes from uh, peri, which is the perimeter word, and choresis is choreograph. So it's like the circle dance is kind of what this term means. Now, I know for some of you, if you come from a background where dancing is not allowed, this is what the early church called the Trinity. God was the God of the dance. It was God who created this. And you and I have been included in that Trinity. It is a powerful image. Trinity, uh, there's a guy named Bill Quinn. Uh, he's one of my Facebook friends, and he used this analogy uh, from a sphere. I'll just read it for you because it's kind of cool. He gives a physical analogy, though an imperfect one, just a heads up. This might help us understand. There's but one pure light, and that is a white light. But white light can be broken down into three primary colors, red, blue, green. Each of the three primary colors does not exist apart from the other primary colors. They are included within the one light, which is white. There is but one complete light that we call white light. But this light contains three distinct but not separate primary colors. This above explanation gives us the essential basis of the Trinity, which provides the perspective to understand who or what Jesus was before he became human flesh. Once we understand the relationship that has always existed within one God— we can proceed to answer the question of who Jesus was before his incarnation and physical birth. Who is this Jesus? Who is this God? Well, in John 3.35, it says this, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Uh, this is the evidence of the essence of God, that God is love. In John 5, 20, it says, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. There's a lot of love going on here. God is love. That's why two weeks ago when we talked about God is love, now it makes sense. If you did not listen to that program, go back and listen. These fit together sequentially. You're going to love this. But we've just heard the Father loves the Son. And previously in Colossians, it says He loves everybody. There is no one God does not love. Today, take that with you. Look at each person around you as loved. Remember, you too are loved by Jesus. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you next week. Looking for adventure in the great outdoors? It's not far from your own backyard at Conestoga River Horseback Adventures. Fun for the whole family or why not your next corporate party? Trail rides are offered all year round and other options like pony rides and birthday parties for the young cowboys and cowgirls. Afterwards, you can relax and keep the party going in their large, comfortable lounge. Conestoga River Horseback Adventures, 519-888-6503 and horsebackadventures.ca. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee. 
You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 11.30 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.